Welcome back, everybody. Transform to Freedom. I'm your host, Sarah Higdon. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the news of the day. Um, if you didn't see, though, so I I, um, I got the flu last week. So uh, just bear with me a little bit um, to see how that's going. You know, um, I it's interesting because I didn't think the flu was a thing anymore. I mean, right? I thought COVID got rid of the flu. But... I was, it, it lasted about two days, um, and actually was, I don't know if I can say this on YouTube, but it was worse than the flu, like very sore and achy and um, just a bad headache for a couple days, and um, yeah, but better now, um, and then I fly out to, uh, on, a, on a well needed vacation to go visit my family tomorrow morning so as soon as i get off the stream i'm going to bed because my flight leaves very early so but welcome in um i hope everybody else is having a good week um or you had a good week good weekend um and now it's monday and you're ready to start uh you're starting your week and your week start has started off right um but let's get into the, the news of the day, right? So the first thing I want to talk about is actually this Oregon. Um, there is, let me just pull it up. So there's testimony on HB 2002, um, which, wow, this bill, it basically starts to make... Uh, Oregon into a sanctuary state. Um, and when we hear people talking about sanctuary states, we hear in two cases, the abortion case um, where, you know, they can't, they don't like the bill would say that this, that the state of Oregon cannot go to another, like if another state was trying to get access to see if you had committed a crime, if they, if they didn't have abortion and say Idaho and somebody goes to Oregon and has an abortion, um, Oregon does not have to comply with Idaho standards or have to apply, you know, even give them any information, um, you know, on what you did while you were in that state. Um, in terms of the trans stuff, we have where a minor can basically go into any state and get care um that they want um and but this bill even goes further it's about all reproductive health right so this bill is crazy and the clip i have is just it's about a lawmaker who, or, so so they're basically testifying before the uh, the Ways and Means Committee on this bill, and when they, um, this is actually talking about the abortion part and how young you can actually get an abortion in the state of Oregon without parental consent or even knowledge. Um, so here's that clip. Under the current law, uh, it's not entirely clear uh, what age a minor can make the determination to have an abortion without parental consent. Under um, 
House Bill 2002A, however, is a minor of any age can make that determination. Uh, so follow up, so a 10-year-old can make that decision on their own then? Yeah. Chair Sanchez, Senator Steiner, yes. Uh, Can you? No. No. 10-year-old? No. Oh, I didn't think so, but I thought it was rude. Okay. So you heard what she said. So the question asked was a 10-year-old can consent to an abortion without parental consent or knowledge. Um, and the lawyer says yes. And you can even hear like, the, the Democrats in the room like, no, 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 you can't say that. You can't, you can't say that in this hearing. It's blasphemy. You can't say that. That's not, that will, this bill will never pass now. Good job, lawyer. Um, but that's exactly what this bill does. I mean, this bill says that um, a child of any age can get, can get reproductive care without parental consent. And it's all reproductive care. It's, um, it's, it's all reproductive care. So you can go and you can get, um, you know, your birth control pills, you can get all, you know, which is essentially hormones. Um, you can get all of that stuff without parental knowledge. Now, one of the lawmakers makes it, makes a good point in, in later on in this hearing, because I actually, I actually, uh, so I actually wrote it up uh, this weekend for the uh, in the post millennial, and so I had I I watched the entire um, testimony, and so it's really interesting because one of the lawmakers goes on to ask um, make a good point and say, well, if a child of that age is having an abortion, then a a crime has been committed, and so you know, police need to be notified. Like if a, if a child comes into Planned Parenthood and is having an abortion, Planned Parenthood has an obligation to call police to say a crime has been committed because that child has been raped. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That child has been the victim of rape. Um, that is unless, again the child is the same age as the other child that they were. Yeah. But in, in most cases that is, it should be a red flag to um, authorities to say, we need to look into this case. What happened here? Um, now, Senator Knoop, he raised one of the issues um, about a parent. So the, the 14th Amendment, uh, the Supreme Court has ruled on this already. It says that they, they've said a parent's, a parent's right to have information about their child and make health care decisions. Under the 14th Amendment, the Constitution, the court upheld a fundamental right for a parent to oversee care, custody and control of a child. Um, when asked that to the attorney, she basically stated that um, they also kind of said that right is not absolute um, as long as they can, as long as the state has a legitimate public policy reasoning for in, inferring, infer, interfering on that right, they can. 
So Jen says you should out the difference, point out the differences state to state regarding consent and abortion eligibility or look at. Yeah, I can imagine. I know California has some really crazy laws. I know um, there, there are states across the country that after Roe v. Wade was overturned, started uh, putting out these crazy um, laws that really allow anybody to consent um, anybody to, you know, um, some states were paying for other states to come to their, come to their, um, their state to, you know, have an abortion there. It's, I can imagine that each state is, is crazy would depend on the difference of it. But there was one part in here, um, That I wanted to highlight as well. So one of the questions raised about this too was this part where it says that in the state of Oregon, um, under the statute, it is a crime to conceal the birth of an infant, um, which his concern was that uh, nobody would be held liable if a, you know, a baby was born alive due to a failed abortion, uh, and if that child was just left to die. Now, um, and that kind of came up because the lawyer had said that if the baby was born alive and the doctor still killed the baby, then that would be charge, chargeable under, you know, mur- that would be, that'd be murder. But his, but if it was left to die, that's a, that's a separate issue. Sorry, I have dogs. <laughs> um, but one of the last points is that, um, like I said, it makes Oregon the latest sanctuary state for not only abortion, but for... But for... Uh, what is it? Uh, minors seeking medical procedures or drugs without the consent inside the state, which would also be for a gender uh, affirming care, as they talked about in here. And actually, it was really interesting when at one point, one of the senators, one of the senators, um, which is the co-chair of the committee, said that surgical, she, she claimed, and this was interesting because she claimed that surgical procedures under the age of 18 is not considered standard care, which we know are happening quite a bit across the country uh, in gender clinics um, when they're having these, you know, life-altering elective surgeries for, like, top surgery and everything like that. That's happening quite a bit. Um, But then she also noted, like, gender-affirming care is a wide spectrum and that a child as young as eight may get gender-affirming care. That is simply supporting them for being who they are. Now, I don't think she has an idea of what she's talking about. Um, but to admit that a child as young as eight is allowed to get gender affirming care without the consent of their parents in the state is insane. 
That's basically what she was saying right there, because the whole conversation was without parental consent, that they would be able to get gender-affirming care without the parent's consent. It's insane. And we know that, yeah, other states like Colorado and California have already made rules uh, such as these. But let's see. Okay, let me see. Um, Little Catfeet says, completely on the fence here. I know that many of these teen pregnancies are complex. The complexity is that the family member is the father. I worked at a rape crisis center and it was common. Yeah, but if that's... If that's the case, you know... If you go to a rape crisis, or if you go to Planned Parenthood and you try to get an abortion without your parental... If you go to a rape... If you go to a crisis center and you're trying to get an abortion without your parental consent and that person that is your parent, then that's that's an automatic flag to authorities like I was talking about earlier. I mean, there should always be a push to go to authorities, especially when it's a minor. There should be something, at least in this bill, that says if a minor is pregnant, then authority needs, authorities need to be called. Let me see. Um... All right, so I think that's all for that one. Um, but it's crazy because a lot of that's kind of what we're seeing across the board in a lot of these states that are they're they're pushing these these procedures. They're they're allowing children to you know have agency over their own bodies. What you're going to start seeing next is people start pushing for the ending of the age of consent, which is absolutely wrong and insane. And the fact that you're seeing them trying to be like, yeah, so a child has agency over their own bodies. No, no. Like they're, you know, that's, that's not, it's not right. Um, children need to be children, let them grow. And even with, I'm, I mean, obviously you guys know with, when it comes to, to trans stuff, um, I, you know, you have to let a child grow. I, I believe in, you know, you shouldn't be able, you should transition, shouldn't be allowed to transition until the age of 18, no matter what. We know parents are being manipulated and lied to. We know, we know all of this stuff. And, and yes, psycho welcome in. Yeah. Um, and there, you're right. There is no such thing as transgender kids. There shouldn't be any such thing as transgender kids. Um, they're still trying to transition into hum- into a human that can care for themselves. Absolutely. There's, I mean, you can't even care for yourself until you're 18. We talk about that. Um, and Except for if you get emancipated, which is a completely different topic. But the, the idea is, is that there should be no such thing as a trans kid. Because a tra- what a trans kid essentially is, is a child who's been manipulated and not been properly taken care for. Um, by their their family 
and because to be trans, you transition. Um, I don't, you know, I don't go off this new age definition of transgender, which um, doesn't, um, doesn't, it, transgender is an umbrella term, which doesn't really mean what it's supposed to mean. So, no, being a trans person means that you have gender dysphoria and you've taken the steps to transition to the opposite sex. I will always use the definition of a transsexual when I talk about what trans is. Um, that's interesting. I didn't know. Lil Catfeet says the majority of abortions in Australia are actually done by married couples after getting disability scan. Uh, 90% of parents will choose abortion after getting scans confirming severe disability. Now, I don't agree with that, actually. That's one of, so that's one of those things, you know, um, I, I know that it can happen here. I think you can still do it. He, I think it's allowed here. Um, but I like, cause they do a lot for down syndrome, but if you're, if you are, if you are going to kill your unborn child because it has down syndrome or any other, um, you know, syndrome, that's, that's a form of eugenics that is trying to, um, you know, wipe out a, um, some, you know, disabilities via basically murder. Um, and so I, I don't agree with, you know, just aborting a baby because it has severe like down syndrome or something like that. Now, it, if there's other, if there's other issues that, um, that it may come up with, I don't know. I don't know any of the other stuff that, you know, people are aborting babies over. Now I know that back in the day, one of the reasons why they did not, um, they stopped pursuing to find the gay gene to find out if there was a way to a marker to tell whether your child was going to be gay before they were even born was because the fear that that would be used in the same way that if, if you found out that your child was going to be gay before you had that child, um, the fear was that a lot of people would try to abort that baby. Um, which again is another form of eugenics. Um, I saw one that I wanted to go to, um, all right. John McMahon says, like one example in the state of Georgia, if you get pregnant by, by saying the father and you want to get an abortion, you need to notify one of a parent before 24 hours before getting, um, if you're under 18. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's funny because I live in Georgia and I'm not actually sure of the laws. I just know we have the six-week, um, we have a six-week abortion ban. So basically... Anything after the age, after after six weeks, um, you. So yeah, get out of here. Sorry, <laughs> they're not usually they're not supposed to be down here. I have to go put them back upstairs in a second. Um. Robbie says, trying and failing to find a logical reason to transition kids. All I can come up with is evil intent. Now, I agree. Like, when we're talking kids, absolutely. There's no reason to do it other than to push this evil Marxist narrative. Like, postmodern 
ideology onto them. There was a point um, where I would have supported um, with heavy gatekeeping the transition at 16 um, because at that point, when at the point I used to think that, you know, the detransition rate would drop off significantly after the age of 16. Um, and especially for male, male to female, there would be a much higher likelihood that that person would pass. Um, but I've changed my mind on that. Um, you know, I think if we can get back to a place where the medical industry is actually, you know, doing their job and doing like the best screening for these people and they're not just like pushing people through for money, then we could get back to that. But I don't see us getting, I don't see us getting back to that place ever. Like, I, I, I am doubtful we will ever get back to that place in any time that I ever see where I would feel comfortable with anybody under the age of 18, you know, transitioning. And I will never, ever, and this is one thing I've never supported taking, um, having elective surgeries under the age of 18. In fact, when I was working on the bill here in Georgia for this, uh, to ban surgeries and hormones, um, when I was pushing that bill, I was talking to legislators. I said the one one of the flaws that the bill had is that it was specific to um, it was specific to gender dysphoria. I said the bill should actually apply to the young girl who wants to ha- with body issues who has breast who wants to get breast implants at the age of sixteen. Like that, they should not be getting any life-altering elective surgeries before the age of 18, period. Um, and so um, I would love to see more bills pop up across the country to even outlaw those surgeries. Um, but yeah. Mm. Let's see. to the current culture promoting child transition yeah i think I, I, yeah i think you hit it it's it is definitely um something that's evil again it's i i mean postmodernism is evil it is an evil ideology um that seeks to destroy our culture as a whole oh here we go Miss Andrea says, I think they are trying to transition kids as a form of population control, sterilize a chunk of generation under the guise of acceptance. Yes, I agree. I've actually, I've actually talked about this. I've, get, I've talked about this a little bit in speeches. Uh, I think in my last speech in uh, Pennsylvania, um, you know, I think there is, I, I think there's a little bit of eugenics to play when it comes to this ideology, right? So I think... Um, I, th- I think there is because when you look at the high propensity, the high propensity for, you know, one of these kids to have other comorbidities, um, one of the large ones being autism, you can see that they may be trying to sterilize um, those kids so that they do not reproduce and so that they can try to wipe out um, some of those issues. And I think that is absolutely evil and it's wrong. 
and it's um yeah Jen says, like, I feel like our generation read the Communist Manifesto correctly, and this generation is reading it completely upside down. I, I agree. Um, I think everybody, and this is what's interesting, because I don't read a lot of books that are for people on my side. I read books for them. And I actually, um, when Ariel was here, I gave her, I actually showed her um, my copy of the Communist Manifesto and my copy of Saul Linsky's Rules for Radicals and and Sun Tzu um, because but we were reading it in a way to show exactly how the people we don't want to be like were reading and now they're reading it in a way to like this is the goal um, and I think a lot of people don't understand I, I think too many people on our side of the things don't understand or have not read the Communist Manifesto. I think a lot of people think that if you read the books of the other side, then you are, you know, it's like somehow shameful because you're reading you're reading the stuff that they believe, um, which is actually the exact opposite. You should actually read those that of your enemy. You should know how your enemy thinks. And Marxists are absolutely my enemy. But even what we're seeing now, though, and this is, I was actually on a stream with my friend Pasta... Um, on Friday, where he, um, we, he, when I, when I brought up Marxism, he, he, he clarified, um, because, and he was right. He said, like, what we're talking about when we're talking about like trans stuff and this ideology is not Marx. Um, in fact, it's cultural Marxism or neo Marxism, which is not what Marx actually preached, um, which is true. Um, so you're right there. I think there is a, uh, it's like Marxism evolved into something even worse. Um, but actually, uh, Marxism as a whole communism, as a, as a just regular communism is purely an economic and governmental system. Um, whereas, cultural Marxism plays into these, you know, the postmodern aspects of society in order to push and force this system um, that works, everybody works for the greater good um, into play. So it's a little bit different. Um, it's worth, you know, checking out and, and making the comparisons to, um, or the, it's worth mentioning the differences um, because if you don't, then the people that are actually preaching this stuff, they like the actual Marxists will you lose some credibility if you if you if you don't know the differences. So all right. On to the next story though. So the next story that we have, oops, I guess I canceled this out. Um so this last weekend in Chicago, starting on Thursday, was absolutely insane. I don't know if you guys saw this. So this was the raw alerts um, scene. Hundreds of teens went out into the street of Chicago, just causing chaos, you know, getting in fights, jumping on cars, um, really. And there was, didn't, I mean, basically rioting for absolutely no reason. Like there was no, there was, there was no reason for it. It didn't make any sense. There was no like higher purpose to this. It was just to cause chaos. 
Um, so here's the video, and this is a little bit longer. So, and um, actually, you can actually hear at the end of this video the moments where gunshots rang out. <laughs> They chase him to the they chase him to the ground. Now we got a person shot. just craziness like there and this is this is just one of many videos that came out um so apparently this was the second or the third night so saturday night was the third night in chicago that um this this continued to happen um as you see again my show prep is basically my articles from the post millennial which is <laughs> i've been working a lot so um yeah. The uh but yeah, so for three nights straight and and two two teams were shot in Saturday night's events. The uh one was a 16-year-old who was shot in the arm and the other was a 17-year-old uh who was shot in the leg. Both were transported to the hospital. Um, I had not heard that either one of them passed away. They were both uh, ended up being okay. Apparently, I, I, I'm pretty sure on Friday there was a um, a 14 year old that was shot. It was either Thursday or Friday because again, this was the third night of all this going on, and it was just going. I mean, they're just going going crazy. Um, which then, by absolute insanity, I, I don't have this one pulled up. Uh, today, the the new mayor of Chicago, so you know Lori Lightfoot lost her election to a far left, far, further left candidate than her, which so that's going to be a great for that city. Um, said he said this morning that what is it? You can't. Um, he said, what, you know, the violence is not justified, but we we need to, you know, we shouldn't condemn these these kids that are out there and um you know causing this con destruction um we sh we need to give them somewhere to go basically is what they said it's like they like basically saying the system failed them and so they're acting out um but no like let me see um yeah Entertain me says, if they are minors, where's the parents? Um, that's a good question. So if on Saturday night, uh, 15 people were arrested. Nine of them were adults and six of them were, were under the age of 18. So these are mostly, you know, high school kids. And so it's what, eight, it's April? 
I can only imagine how this rest of the summer is going to go. This is going to be crazy if this type of stuff continues to happen. And this is down in this is down in uh, Millennium Park, which if you know Chicago, that is like one of the most populated tourist areas um, in the city. Like that's North Michigan Avenue, which is known as the Miracle Mile, which has like all the best shopping and everything like that if you're in Chicago. And so they are basically taking to downtown Chicago and making it their playground. It's, it's crazy. Um, let me see what else did it have? Um, yeah. So that was one of the other things is, so I think that that response came to, um, from the mayor after the representative Lopez, um, alderman, Lopez from the 15th Ward said, this was Chicago last night. Save the excuses and rationalization. Unless you want this to be the norm in Chicago, hold them and their parents accountable, which I agree with. Um, You have to hold these parents accountable. Otherwise, this stuff is going to continue to happen. Um, Like, how do you... How do, you know, 300, now the reports were about 300, but um, other reports I had seen also said it could have been upwards to a thousand kids. Um, I guess they use social media to, I guess they use social media to, um, to basically invite everybody. So all these people were like all in like the same social media chat or, you know, the invitations went across social media. Um, I guess Friday night they were down at the water district and they were causing trouble. Police came and everybody scattered and left. Uh, so there weren't very many, I don't, I didn't see any videos from Friday night, but then yeah, Saturday night it was like all hell broke loose in downtown Chicago. Um, and honestly, I haven't been to Chicago in. That was probably 2009. I think the last time I went to Chicago was in 2009, like right after I graduated college. And it was, it was nothing like that. So um, let me see. Um, Tom says, well, yeah, every time they say we just need a community center, no amount of community centers is going to fix this problem. No, it's a, it's a, uh, it's parents need to be, again, I think that what the alderman had actually said is correct. The parents need to be held accountable for what their kids are doing. Like that is the only way that this is, that this is going to be fixed. Um, because otherwise it seems like, and this is one of the problems we have across the country, um, doesn't matter what community it is. And it's pr- one of the reasons why we're seeing so many issues, um, even with like, with, with a lot of the issues, is that parents are expecting now the state to raise their kids. A lot of parents don't want to raise their kids. A lot of parents have kids and then they don't want to raise them. And so... They send them to schools. I mean, that's what we talk about when we talk about um, like comprehensive sex. Ed- when we talk about sex ed- education, when we talk about comprehensive sex education, we talk about you know parents don't want to teach their kids that stuff, so they want the school to do it, and so now they're teaching it in kindergarten. Like it's it doesn't make sense. 
Um, Psycho says, defund public schooling. I agree. It has been a failure and it produces these kind of results. Um, which I, I push for um, school choice or voucher systems across the country because I think that if you can get kids into here. But the problem is, is even if you have school choice, um, a lot of parents aren't going to even worry about it. They're just going to send their kids to the same schools and not, not worry so much about you know, what their kids are learning in schools and, and everything like that. A lot of parents didn't even know what their kids were learning in schools until COVID opened their eyes to see what was actually happening because they were actually at home, you know, watching, you know, they were at home and they could actually see and hear what their teachers were teaching them. Let me see. Um, yeah, I get that. I mean, yeah, I, I am the same way as uh, taxation is theft in and of itself, but yeah, they're, you're paying for the community schools. And I mean, the idea of public education, um, it's basically a, a, a form of socialism in and of itself. So you're absolutely right. I, I agree. Uh, all right, so next on the docket, um, going in a completely different direction here, we are talking, let's talk, it didn't pop up, sorry, <laughs> I was, why is my stream, okay, oh, there we go, all right, classified documents leaker. Um, has anybody else been kind of following this around? Um, I wrote an article a couple weeks ago, like right as stuff was starting to come out about this, that the, um, when it came to Ukraine, like how much the, uh, the troop levels. And it was really interesting because at the time it was just, you know, it was talking actually about what the documents were. So like, the documents show troop levels, troop and supply levels for the Ukraine and the Russian army. Oh, hi, babies. Um, U U Ukraine and Russian armies, except for in those documents, they were doctored. And so it was interesting because both sides thought that the other side released it. And it was like some sort of psyops um, to get them to either like feel like their troops to be more like le have less morale or think that they were, you know, everything that they were going through was a psyop or, or something was, go was going on. And so each side blamed each other for this leak. Um, it was, it was funny. Um, so with that, um, and then, so as you may have know, so the other day, what was it? Friday? Let me see. I think it was fried. Um, so they arrested airmen. Uh, so from the um, Jack Texiera from the uh, Air National Guard, um, who basically was for being the leaker of. Yeah, 
for being the leaker of these classified documents, they said, um, so basically what happened is he posted these documents on the, uh, on this discord server. And it was like a discord server, like a private discord server that he was running that had like 20 to 30 members. Most of like everybody in this discord server were like, again, they were all minors. They were kids. Um, they didn't really, you know, they really weren't up, up and up on things. And he was posting stuff in there just to like impress these kids, like so that they were in the know, as they said, like one of the kids told the Washington post that um, he was like his best friend. And so when um, he wasn't like, this kid wasn't going to turn him in. He was he knew his name. He knew all the stuff and wasn't going to turn him in. Um, and it was really interesting. Now, there's been some conversation about him because, again, he was just trying to be a big man and, sh- you know, show his friends he knew stuff um, and, he, and and what was going on and keep them in the know. But the issue, and, and so it wasn't like, you know, anybody like Edward Snowden or even Chelsea Manning who was trying to get this information out to the public so that they knew what was going on. Um, it was posted in this private Discord server where then where they said that they, they kind of knew that they weren't supposed to show this to anybody else. They weren't supposed to release this information anywhere else. And so, but but then obviously informa- like some of these documents started popping up on other social media sites. And and so that's when everybody started, you know, figuring it out. But one of the interesting things was is they said that he had this ability to predict or yeah or know stuff before it even became like national news um one of the claims was that the uh the shooting in um the the buffalo supermarket shooting was like the government knew about him and knew it was going to happen before it happened but they let it happen like the fbi let it happen so that they could get funding like that's one of the conspiracies that came out um, from that, like, like that, from the, from the documentation, um, as well, we know from the documents, um, in a report that, um, we know that the U S might has, has may have more allegedly has, I'm just going to say allegedly. So I don't get kicked off YouTube. Um, because, okay. So um, yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene went to Congress last week to say um, because one of the documents shows that we may have people on ground in Ukraine, which we said that we don't. Apparently, the documents showed that we have um, we have special forces soldiers and we need to know how many of those soldiers we actually have on ground and what's in what we're doing. Uh, so we may be more involved in the UK, the Ukraine um, war than we actually thought about it. Um, as well, we know report came out today. One of the, one of the things I saw today, one of the, one of the documents actually showed that, our JDAMs, our, our you know, GPS guided JDAMs are being are, are missing targets because our, we provided the JDAMs. So the JDAMs we provide are missing the target because 
Um, the Russia Russia has um, like GPS jamming capabilities, and so it's messing up the the GPS system. So that's why they're not hitting. So we're actually hitting. They're actually hitting very. They're they're hitting far less targets than than they than they should be as well some of the some of the some of the jdams were not functioning properly so when they hit the ground they never exploded which it, it seems like you know we've been told over and over again that you know ukraine's winning this war and russia is is losing so much but after these documents it, it shows that the government's just been lying to us over all of this stuff um so it's really interesting. And then there was actually this really interesting report. So I didn't know this. So the New York Times, one of their uh, freelance writers was actually able to, like they knocked, they talked to um, Textera's stepfather, who's a retired, who was uh, retired from the military. They talked to his stepfather like hours before the, uh, he was arrested. And so the New York Times actually made contact before the FBI did, which is kind of interesting because, um, and so they had a report this weekend, which was kind of cool. Like I said, their, their freelancer, Eric Toller, like walked through the steps that he used, like internet sleuths, man, internet sleuths can be amazing sometimes. Like he, he got tipped off that, like that there was more information on this discord server um he followed it into it was for the game minecraft followed it into that area um where they found like he found like more than 100 other images um he followed the user that had posted it there and found out that he was part of this other discord server called thug shaker central um, which is the exclusive discord where that all happened where Texera posted under the name og and that's where he let he like they pulled out and they were looking at some of the games this person was pl- these other people were playing in what like other usernames so it was able to like go in and it's kind of like going into a url and finding out other usernames that that person had used and one of the usernames came back as j textera and then they followed that down its rabbit hole and they found out you know they went to it, and it was the countertops. So they looked. Yeah, yeah. Don't piss off Kiwi Farms or 4chan. I don't even want to go over there and, and look what their stuff is. But it was like they looked at the white granite countertops that one of the documentation was sitting on, and it matched up with the white granite countertops that was in one of uh, Textera's Instagram pictures. And that was the link. Like that, they knew where they had him at that point, and then again, yeah, they got there like a couple hours before the FBI had actually arrested him. Now the FBI said that they had been, you know, surveilling him for a couple days before they arrested him. But it's interesting that they didn't stop these journalists from going up to the door um, when they did. But apparently, the authorities wanted to arrest him when he went into work, and then he missed work that day, and so they knew that he he knew that. Like they were concerned, and so they went and um, they arrested him. Then, <laughs> yeah, internet <laughs> internet aut- aut- autists are scary. I can imagine, um, which is kind of what yeah the whole Kiwi Farms four chan like uh, Kiwi Farms is kind of scary 
to be honest. Um, because they have, they, I mean, they've literally gotten like doxed people to the point where um, they committed suicide, which is insane. And if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, Keffel's had the site taken down, but I think the site's back up. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know. And then, um, if you ever want to find someone that distrusts the government, go find a veteran. Yeah, yeah, I am a veteran myself. I don't trust the government very much at all. Um, in fact, I'm, I, I do, I mean, I'm a minarchist, so I believe that, you know, the only thing that the government should do is have a standing military to um, defend against, um, is to have a standing military to defend against invasion, and that's it. But, Okay, um, so that is that. Now, on to our last improbable. I need to. I need to like name this last segment something. Let me see one sec. I forgot Keffels existed. So what's interesting about Keffels? I was on a one of those Mario Norwall spaces. Um, a few. It was a month or so ago now when he said some, or um, Keffel said some vulgar stuff to uh, Billboard Chris. But then after that, she got like canceled because then she started saying stuff that actually made sense um, and but was more like on the right leaning side of things. Um, but was more like on the right leaning side of things, like stuff that we say, like that was like actually based in reality. And so she started to get canceled. Um, but she was, yeah, she was also targeted very heavily on Kiwi Farms. Um, which is also interesting because when all when she started saying stuff that was a little bit more, you know, based in reality, she unblocked everybody. Now, I, I've, I had been blocked by Keffels for like two or three years. Um, and... I'm unblocked at this point. I mean, I don't follow Keffels, but um, it's interesting because she's actually seems to be more open to conversations after being very vulgar to Billboard Chris, um, which it was completely uncalled for. She actually got removed from the space for that, but um, she's, but that's her personality. She's not, a. I don't think she's a good person, but if she's turned towards being, um, you know, not wanting to sterilize kids, maybe she can bring some more left-leaning people to our side um, when it comes to that. So, we'll see. So, the last one. I need I need a name for this segment because I think these last segments um, that I that I'm able to do on YouTube. Um, because sometimes I haven't had much, and honestly, we'll see what happens in that last segment. But we'll, um, I might have should have just taken that one to Rumble. But So if y'all on YouTube don't subscribe to me on Rumble, go follow me over there too. Like that, um, yeah, because that's where I will be posting if I get canceled from here. Um, and I will also be, po- I also 
Um, if there's stuff I can't show on YouTube, I'll just end the YouTube uh, stream and just stream it on Rumble. Um, I've done that. I did that in my first episode. But the last the last segment that I've kind of been doing is these kind of funny, um, you know, um, outrageous um, tweets or comments from people. Um, and so if any of you have like a, a name for this segment, um, like if you go back into the last couple episodes, you'll see like, I think it's been on almost every episode. The last segment has been something just completely off the wall. That's completely ridiculous. And we need to make fun of people um, like people to judge in this case. Right. So let's just play this video crisis when it comes to roadway fatalities in America. We lose about 40,000 people every year. It's a level that's comparable to gun violence. And we see a lot of racial disparities, black and brown Americans, tribal citizens and rural residents, much more likely to lose their lives, whether it's in a car or as a pedestrian being hit by a car. There are a lot of reasons uh, related to discrimination, related to uh, the, even the ways that roads are designed and built. Who has access to uh, a safe street design that's got crosswalks and good lighting? Who doesn't have that access? That can drive disparities, and we have a, a responsibility to act on that. We've got a crisis. Y'all. Um, so first off, is, is he saying that minorities are worse drivers? Because that's what it sounds like he's saying. Because why, like, why would there be more disparities? Like this is, this is the, this is part of the claim I don't get. Why would there be more disparities, um, among minorities, if you're not, you know, essentially being, you know, making a stereo, like make, making a stereotype that like, and being racist about it, like that, that just doesn't make sense. Like I can see now nah, that would get me in trouble. No, I can see if you were talking about women. I mean, that's, that's stereotypical um, idea that women are bad drivers. That is what I could see him talking about in this situation, but you know, I don't understand the part about minorities. Now the part that infuriates, infuriates me probably worse than anything about this segment is where he says that we have over 40,000 casualties a year and it ranks up there with gun violence. Um, it only ranks up there with gun violence if you're adding in the amount of people that die via suicide using a gun, which the left loves to do. They love to say 40,000 people were killed by guns last year. And then they point out like, I forget what the stat, I think it's like 60% of those are suicide. And so those deaths would probably still happen if, if if they didn't have a gun. So 
call the segment the daily stupid yeah that might be that might be a good one um robbie i can't remember because you're in the chat i believe are you the one that helped me name the show just for full transparency transparency y'all i didn't i didn't name the show transformed to freedom i was looking for a name and i actually asked for it i'm and uh, a friend of mine came up and said, why don't you do Transform to Freedom? Um, I said, that's a great idea. It's a double entendre, Transform to Freedom. It's great. I'm a freedom-loving transsexual, so that works. Um, would you say, um, Roswell says, Buddha Judge probably thinks most white people are actually, most most white people actually have driver's license. And that's a, that's a good, I, I don't, is he just looking at raw statistics? Um, I don't know. Actually, I responded to this. And actually, if you haven't seen my episode of TimCast, I, let me see if I can pull where, where I responded to him. Um, there it is. All right. <laughs> I just I just quote tweeted and said, um, yeah, I quote tweeted and said, there is just too much dumb in this clip to even respond. Uh, so I'll just remind everybody what I said about Buddha Judge on TimCast. So here's what I actually said. I've got a feeling I wouldn't be surprised if the official reports are not true. Like, where is Joe Biden right now? Well, they don't want to admit that, you know, a small town mayor that was only hired for one single reason, you know, isn't doing a good job. Oh, the the, the secretary of transportation, the booty, booty judge. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, and there's I've got a. <laughs> so yes, the small town mayor who was only hired because he was gay, he had to get that diversity hire in, um, is not doing a good job, and that was in reference to the rails. Now, Buttigieg has told us before how roads are racist. And I think he was alluding to that in that interview as well, where you can look at the face of Al Sharpton. And I think that's Al Sharpton, Al Sharpton and say, where it's just, what are you talking about, dude? Like, because he's talked about how roads are racist in the past and how, and I think he's alluding to like, the exits, like they don't have the exits in the black neighborhoods or something like that. I don't get it, um, but it's not an accurate statement. Like our road system, I don't, how are they racist? Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, but that's that's the type of person that Judge is. And then we see all the stuff happening. His whole, how he still has a job befuddles me okay it makes absolutely no sense to me because first you know our logistics systems break down and we have skyrocketing inflation because you know we can't even get milk across the country because our drivers are stuck at the port so all of our imports we can't even get into the port um like in California, I remember I had that um, had a video last year, which was you stop. 
yeah, had a video last year where um, he he had <laughs> like the, there was backups in the in the port, and so sorry, um, there yeah, there, so there was backups in the port, and they um, they couldn't get you know product and all that stuff into the into the US. Um, then we had the train derailments. Um, and now, I mean, now we're talking about racist roads. So Buttigieg just hasn't done a very good job. But what do you expect from a small town mayor who's never done anything when it comes to transportation? And he gets hired as the secretary of transportation, a job that nobody really thought that you actually had to have qualifications to do. Um, so yeah. Um, but that is all I have for today. Let me see. Um, Robbie says, studies have shown that we will soon run out of things to call racist. Um, yeah, and then those studies will be called racist. <laughs> so Mafia Guido says, I work in sales and have to deal with logistics all the time. That entire industry is beyond effed. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know if the whole industry is. Um, actually, I don't, I don't know if y'all know this. Um, I double majored in logistics management marketing and 10 years, my first 10 years in the, in, in the workforce was working in logistics. So I, I, I know the industry very well, though seven and a half years of those, I was actually a logistics officer in the army, which is a little bit different than um, actually moving supply here in the, uh, in the U S but I've had to deal with all those agencies, like on the ground, stuff like that. And then I have like my hazmat certification from my last job and uh, where I was a warehouse manager. Um, but yeah, now I've moved into doing marketing and writing and, you know, independent contracting and in this space. So um, I gain all of my money from y'all support and doing, um, doing whatever else I can <laughs> trying to contract and do marketing stuff for everybody else, which is why I am appreciative of all of your viewerships and um, you know, all of your support. It means a lot, helps me along. Um, it helps me, you know, do, continue my activism full-time so i appreciate all that but with that i am going to log off um it's been a very long day it's been a very long week um and i have to go um get ready and really go to sleep because um i leave for michigan early tomorrow morning and i am heading out to to visit family so um i definitely i appreciate y'all joining in, make sure you go support uh, my sponsors. Click that like and subscribe button below. Follow me across all social media platforms, and I will see you next time.